0: I would like to welcome Pantelis Sarafidis, Associate Professor in Nephrology at the Aristotle University of Thessaloniki, Greece. Thank you very much for accepting our invitation.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. You just came out of a very interesting session at the European Society of Hypertension 2023 meeting about which focused on kidney disease and hypertension. As a kidney expert, I would like to ask you for our colleagues who treat hypertensive patients What should we look what should we take into consideration when we have a patient with renal impairment
1: so as you know uh, hypertension per se is the single most important risk factor for kidney disease progression because hypertension is present in all patients with hypertensive kidney disease 95 of patients with diabetic kidney disease and again, 80 to 90 percent of patients with kidney disease of other etiologies, like from glomerulonephritis to polycystic kidney disease, whatever. So, hypertension per se plays a central role in kidney disease progression uh, to end stage kidney disease. That's number one fact. The second fact is that as kidney disease deteriorates and ZFR falls, the hypertension becomes more difficult to control. So we have a vicious cycle here with high blood pressure causing kidney disease to progress and then kidney disease causing hypertension to be more difficult. So this is a vicious cycle that all nephrologists know very well. And we have the means to kind of overcome that, to work around that and treat our patients as as good as, as we can. So the European Society of Hypertension guidelines have uh, been uh, specific in different issues and for several years, including uh, this guideline that would come out in a few hours, uh, they've been specific in uh, the management of, of hypertension in people with chronic kidney disease. So more or less, This is not different from the uh, general recommendation in people without kidney disease. So what we have to do is start with a combination of two drugs, uh, preferably in a single pill. Uh, An ACE or an ARP should be included in this combination. And then uh, doctors can use either uh, dehydroperidine or a thiazide diuretic. So for the vast majority of patients, we would need all those three groups. So, an ACE or an ARB, uh, a CCB and a diuretic. Because, as I said, especially in patients with advanced CKD, states 3A, 3B and above, uh, blood ratio would be very difficult to control. So, in our guideline that would appear in a few hours, we have uh, extended the discussion giving advice into uh, uh, different, uh, uh, how can I say, different treatment choices for this patient. So if uh, a patient has uh, CKD and resistant hypertension as well, we can actually add to the treatment different things. So if their uh, GFR is above 45 ms per minute, they can have either spironolactone, or a beta blocker, or doxazosin, for example. If their GFR is below 45, uh, spironolactone uh, is preferably not to be used because we don't have the data and there is a risk of hyperkalemia. Uh, so according to the recent publications, people can use chlorothalidor and this can be used uh, either alone or on top of a previous loop diuretic. And then again, a beta blocker or doxazosin can be very, very useful solutions. Clonidine is another drug that can be used. It has a lot of side effect, but it's an agent that can reduce blood pressure to a very nice extent. So this is more or less the general plan that we have modified it according to current evidence for people with chronic disease.
0: A lot of hypertensive patients have diabetes as well, and the modern drugs like the SGLT2 inhibitors come to the market, they have an effect on the kidney. As a uh, uh, kidney expert, what do you think, what is their role in the treatment of hypotension with diabetic and renal patients?
1: So thank you, that's a very good question. So until now, I was talking to you about management of blood pressure. So in these guidelines, we have a different chapter. And this relates to uh, management or uh, protection uh, against progression of chronic kidney disease and protection in patients with CKD. So, we are very clear to recommend that an 2 should be used in patients with or without diabetes, independent of the level of albuminuria, if their GFR is above 20 mL per minute. And this is following all recent evidence from different studies in CKD, including Credence, DAPA CKD, and EMPA-KIDNEY. So, that's number one. Number two, in people with diabetic kidney disease, we should use finerenone in order to protect against kidney disease progression and uh, offer cardio protection as well. So finerenone should be used in people with GFR above 25 uh, with diabetes that have uh, albuminuria uh, above 30 uh, milligrams per gram. So and like uh, a minor issue, but we should kind of say that we cannot use spironolactone together with finerenone. So in people with advanced CKD, uh, those below 45 that we can use spironolactone, finerenone can be a nice choice because it would offer also nephroprotection uh, and cardioprotection with some blood pressure reduction.
0: In summary, what do you think? Why do we encourage our colleagues to open up the new guideline and look through the Okay, that's
1: a very nice question. So the new guidelines are discussing in depth several things. First, we have discussed management of high blood pressure. Then we also included in that the actual goal of blood pressure, which uh, according to uh, the guidelines should be uh, we should target to below 140 over 90 for all uh, patients and we should target for below 130 over 80 to as many patients as we can, the patients that can tolerate. And third, because we discuss in detail these agents, AGLT2s and, and finerenone that should be used for nephroprotection and cardioprotection. So from uh, 2018 to 2023, a lot of things have changed in the uh, kidney area, and these things have been incorporated to our European sort of rehabilitation guidelines
0: because these drugs, like SGLT2 inhibitors and and modern antihypertensive drugs, are in the market for a a couple of years already. So, nephrologists, do you see any change uh, in the treatments, in the epidemiological data that uh, patients really benefit from these new therapeutic options?
1: Well, actually, at this point, we don't have, let's say, Phase four studies or big epidemiological data. Uh, with regards to kidney disease. The thing is that we don't need it because actually the, the trials themselves were very big and very clear, both with agl 2 and finaranone. And the problem is that in several countries uh, we still, uh, I mean, in my country we do have, but there are several countries that we don't have these drug reimbursed for CKD. So this is another problem. But I think over, that over the several uh, latest months, most recent months, the Nefronosis are taking over and they are prescribing these drugs more and more.
0: Thank you very much for the conversation. Thank you very much for having me.